0: everybody welcome to the adventist hoops podcast i'm dustin and today i'm here with walla walla university's men's head coach brandon broom brandon welcome to the adventist hoops podcast
1: good morning thank you for having me
0: so brandon uh, why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about your story where you're from and uh kind of your basketball journey that's led you to this point where you're the head coach at walla walla
1: all right well i'll try to keep it short um I'm from Missouri City, Texas, by way of Los Angeles, Um, spent most of my childhood in both places. Um, Are you a Lakers fan? Absolutely, born and raised, pretty much (laughs) the whole family. (laughs) Um, Lakers fan, unfortunately, so. uh, Understood, understood. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And um, so I went to Elkins High School, um, for high school, and then uh, went to Oakwood University. Um, won our national championship in 2008 um, with, the, with our team there. Um, after that, I moved to Miami and went to, went to work <laughs> teaching and coaching. Um, through the Starks Elite and Sons uh, men's basketball or, or boys basketball organization, uh, really learned how, a lot about coaching and a lot about the circuit. Um,
0: and that's AAU?
1: That was AAU. Um, then I started working for American Senior High. Um, under Kelvin Farrington, which was a great experience. Um, Learned a lot from him. And then um, I got called up by uh, Eric Cantrell, who had a a lot of faith in me, uh, to come up here and work with him. And then uh, once Greener Pastures opened up for him, um, they gave me the opportunity here. So I appreciate the Walla Walla administration for giving me the opportunity. And uh, we've been rolling ever since.
0: What would you say has influenced you as a coach more, your playing career or the coaches that you've served under or played under. um
1: it's kind of a combination of both uh I think the hardest part of coaching is eliminating the player in you uh, while you're on the sideline it is really really difficult um so at first it was a lot of my about playing and and my style of play and then uh once you start getting into it and realizing that that doesn't work really um uh, it was it's been the coaches the conversations and and, and their advice
0: Talk about that a little more. I think that's really interesting. Eliminating the player in you. What are some specific examples of things that you maybe wanted to push because of how you played the game, but that weren't realistic?
1: Well, yeah, I was, I'm very athletic and, and competitive, or I was very athletic and competitive. Um, so it's uh, it's something that when you, and I was quick to grasp things right so you, you you get shown the play a few times you, you know what it is and so you kind of want to put that on your players which is still necessary that you have to pick up plays quickly or um, making reads or, or different things like that that you can see that are due to your playing days and also just your experience being an older person in this situation um, and just wanting them to do those types of things that they may not have had the experience for they don't have the repetitions for Um, They don't play it. They haven't played it long enough for it. There's just so many factors into what a player can do. Um, You have to realize that you're never going to put that Jersey on again and get out there and help them. Right. And so you can't think about practice. Maybe a a few few practices you can get out there after practice, but you're never going to be able to do any of that. So you have to eliminate what I would do in this situation. Right. It doesn't matter. You know, you're never going to be able to do it. So, right it, it was really those conversations with older coaches like man you you got to be a little more patient you have to repeat the same thing in seven different ways you know find a new way to say the same thing you know find a new way to teach the same thing so it's that's the that's the fun of it and just learning the skill set of coaching i think that's is the is the thing just realizing that coaching and playing are two different things same game two different roles
0: mm. i feel like for me personally i've been learning more and more that you can't teach everything too. And I, for a long time, just wanted to teach every single skill. I wanted my players to be as well-rounded as they could be to the point of not being practical, right? And not focusing on the things that they really needed to work on. And so that's been something I've been learning even in the last couple of years here um, at Sacramento Academy where I'm at, Um, just teaching those things that we actually need to work on. And and like you said, hitting those things multiple times um, throughout the course of the season and off season.
1: Yeah, I'm still learning that because uh, there's so many things to to being successful. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm starting to dial in a little better, um, focusing on what a a particular player can do, and then showing them that right, really, really letting them develop in that space, and then letting them know that there's more beyond this. Like, continue. I just you know, I do believe in that. Remind players that they can grow beyond what you're asking them to do, mm-hmm. but um, especially at the college level. You got to do what you can do all the time, right? If you can't, if you can't, if we gave you the ball 10 times wide open, you got to be able to hit this seven or eight times, right? That's the, that's the metric. If you can't do that, then in real life, you can't do it. In a game, you can't do it. We can't depend on this. So teaching that is really the hard part between high school and college is we only care about what you can actually do, not what your Mm -hmm. potential says you should be able to do soon.
0: It's kind of too late. At, right. at a certain point. Right. I mean, there's still player development. I was going to ask this later, but I will just ask it now what emphasis you just had your first game against Whitman, uh, local rival there. You guys, uh, uh, pulled it out there and beat them. But at this point in the season, what role or emphasis do you put on player development with you and your staff? Like, is it kind of too late at this point you do stuff earlier in the year, or do you still continue to do player individual work throughout the year? season uh
1: we 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 are developing more individual stuff into into the season before we were more focused on yes too late like we just got to work on our things and then you guys got to make time uh what we learned last year with a with a different type of roster was we need to add it i mean it's always player development we're doing general player development like hey we're taking shots today we're working on this today um as a group and what we realized is that while that does help there are individual things that we can, we can add in the middle of a year. Um, there's enough time to get enough reps and to get comfortable with something that you're not quite strong at. Um, and what we've, what I've noticed, especially with, um, well, I say an older player, he's gone now with Keandre was that if we add just one little thing, just one thing in the middle of the year, that can change everything for you. And so once we figured that that was possible, because you know when you're playing, they're like, Oh, the same thing they taught us is too late. If the season started, you can only do what you already can do. Um, once I learned that as a coach, you can add something in the middle of the year. Um, it kind of changed my perspective on on player development in the middle of the year.
0: I was going to ask about Keandre later, but since you brought him up, you,
1: know,
0: <laughs> yeah. he, you recruited him to Walla Walla? I did, not, oh, I did not. Oh, you did not? Okay. That was
1: you Eric Entrell, and then I, I did coach Eric him. Eric Entrell.
0: okay. Yeah. You coached him his freshman and sophomore years as an assistant. Is that right? Well, yeah,
1: it's essentially the head coach, but yeah. Okay. So I took over in his freshman year um, and then okay. coached him the whole time. Okay.
0: So um, for people that don't know who Keandre Gatti is, tell them.
1: Pure monster, man. Uh <laughs> pure monster. Totally gifted. Um, really hardworking guy, really uh competitive, competitive, competitive athlete. And then uh off the court, just a really kind, um, thoughtful guy, um, very, 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 very caring. Um, really, really passionate about the game, uh, and and just his friends and just life in general. Uh, I don't want to tell too much his, uh, of our stuff, but he just he was he was really attached to doing something great here, which he did. Um, but he wanted something better for the program, so it was really hard for him to leave. Uh, I kind of made it so he couldn't come back. <laughs> so uh, you know, he was really stuck on the fence for a little bit, and I said, "You can't come back, man." Uh, you kind of outgrown what we can do, and what I meant by that was in that first year, at least last year, you have to go and find out if you don't, if you not fit, if you don't like it, if it's not really for you. You know, you know, you know, you have a home here. I mean, we're not going to say no. Right. Um, he's twenty and ten monster. Um, really, really took the conference by storm. Um, you know, really happy for him. Really proud of what he's done.
0: So uh, Keandre ended up transferring to Tarlington state uh, in in Texas. He had a great year last year and just started his senior uh, campaign there a few days ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, you and I were talking about this uh, a little while back. I mean, arguably, maybe not arguably, he's the best Adventist college basketball player out there right now.
1: I would think so. I mean, uh, I think Michael Brown over there at, uh, at YU is pretty good. Um, I don't know every single athlete on all, every team, you know, I just sure. know the Adventist athletes that we were trying to get in contact with or hoping that we could recruit, but I knew the regions were a little like, Hey, you got, it's gonna be hard to get a guy to move across country. But, uh, my opinion, yeah. Keandre is, uh, he, I think he's number one. He's and, 20 and 10 for two years, thousand points in 50 games. I mean, uh, and I, I should know. say Tarleton yeah.
0: state is division one NCAA and, uh, they play yeah. whack, I believe. Um, so, yeah. Uh great great player. Since we're on players here, um uh, talk a little bit about um senior Ethan Ford. I mean, it's it looks like his scoring average has gone up and up every single year and last year he made it into double digits. So, what are you expecting from Ethan this year?
1: Um actually a lot. Well, uh, I'm really happy with his work this summer. Uh I think he's finally realizes there's no secret to it. It's just a bunch of work. <laughs> um so he really put in a lot of work this summer. Um COVID really hurt his career I would think. Um he was really on a good trajectory before that year um that we had off. So he's got to do a lot in the weight room and conditioning to get himself back into the shape he needed to be in. And um he's a great playmaker. Um he's realizing that again, getting back to his point guard roots and um I'm I'm really hoping that he has a great year. I think he had he had a great game Saturday night. Um really helped us out uh, in those in tough stretches and uh I'm thinking he's going to have a really big year. Him him and uh The other senior that we have in Caleb Golden, I think they are going to have a great year.
0: Also wanted to ask about Andrew Vaughn. Uh, I think he led the team in scoring this last year. Um, What are you expecting? Can he make a jump to being an elite scorer in your conference?
1: I believe he can. Um, We've been talking about that a lot. Um, now that we have the personnel that will allow him to be a little more free, um, as far as the matchups go, I think last year we were able to key in on him a lot without having, you know, the, the, the the post threat that we had in the past. So now having a a great post threat and and giving him the space out there today to create and uh, get a shot up, he's a great shooter. So I think he can make the jump into being a, a high level scorer um, and consistent scorer as well. As we go, um, just for him, it's just really, really, really developing his jump shot to make sure that 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 is his number one weapon, and then he has a lot of tools behind that, um, so that that can make him deadly.
0: You talk about a post threat. Is that are you talking about a, a new player?
1: I am talking about a new player that might
0: be seven <laughs> feet tall.
1: He might be a little bit. He might be seven <laughs> feet. Uh, All right, we're talking about a, a
0: freshman. Year. He's freshman.
1: Freshman. Dalen.
0: What? Uh, Man, I saw the team picture on the website, and he just is sticking above. Everybody. He's got a farmer's tan. It looked like he just came out from working outside. I mean, he is—he looks scary, and he's only yeah, a he's freshman.
1: Like, yeah, man. True freshman, true seven-footer. Not, not a lot of listed I was going to
0: ask. I, I didn't want to ask, but I, yeah, is he I really seven feet?
1: Actual, factual seven feet. <laughs> uh, um, and substantial, too. Yes, yes. Heavy kid, strong kid. Um and that's the that's that's the part of it really. He's 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 not even as strong as he's supposed to be for college, right? He's just he's just a naturally big guy. Um he's you know, come from a big family. It's, I met his dad. His dad is like 6'10 six, six, too. So um great guy. Um, really, really goofy kid, um, uh, family uh funny guy. This is great to have in practice, but really works hard. Um, really love having him. Uh, is that it's it's great to have another post threat. It's great to have that for our offense and what we like to do defensively as well, um, having that having that rim protector. So it's just now about telling him how aggressive he can be. I think for him, it's he's always been so much bigger. So he plays um, a, a way that still fits a high school game where now he's like, I can hit people a little harder. Like, yeah, man, you can, <laughs> you can sit on him. You can put you can hit him. You can when you post up, he can feel you a little more yeah so as he's learning that i think um over the next couple of years it will it will be a problem for everybody else
0: it looks like you're building for the future too i mean you have some some good uh you know experienced leadership some seniors but you also have a handful of freshmen including some that are several that are from overseas how have you uh, managed to recruit this international talent
1: well um i have a, a friend i grew up with in houston named james legan um we grew up together and he's a, he's a professional out in Australia. And, uh, he has his own program that he brings a team over to the States. And so speaking of one of those would be Thomas, Thomas Mestrov, uh, was a part of his program. And, uh, we, we spoke, he spoke highly of him, sent me a bunch of film on him. And I I was asking about that. I was like, what's up with this kid number 14, man. Like he's pretty good. And he was like, Oh yeah, that's Thomas, man. And you would love having him. And, um, we tried. To, we tried to get another student in the past. Uh, he just couldn't. Uh, he couldn't get here. That was one of the issues. So this time it worked out. We got get Thomas, which is a great, another great versatile player at six five. Jaden, we just found him through recruiting. Um, great kid. Um, great guy that has some development to do, but um, he's going to be all right. And our other freshmen are also in that development phase, but they're going to be. I think they're going to be key factors in the future. So. Yeah, we were doing a better job. Like I was, I would say doing a better job of looking down the road and putting together a full team. So I think this year is probably our most complete team with, like you said, senior leadership, juniors, freshmen that can that mesh with everybody's skill set. Um, so we're looking to have a, a pretty decent year and hopefully have a monster year next year with the with the gelling of this group.
0: Now you are Seventh Day Adventist yourself. How do you recruit? top players that may not be Adventists while still um, maintaining a distinctively Adventist uh, program?
1: It is challenging, um, mostly because, uh, well, I, well, let me not say that. It's challenging in its own way due to, you know, other factors that are, that have nothing to do with being Adventist. But um, most of the time, just being honest, tell them exactly what they're getting into. Really, really, really try to give them a, a view of, our lifestyle here um what what they can expect and um you know hopefully getting them on campus before they get here a lot of times you know they're far away and especially now travel is a lot more expensive so making sure we get them a visit they can really see it they can really feel it and then um you know hopefully we we we're we're accurate and then they know what they're getting into and they adjust well Mm -hmm. so for for a lot of them it's a culture shock um as much christ-centered things that we do so the worships and all the things they're like man i didn't i didn't know we had to do this much church (laughs) which is kind of conversation i have almost every year but they're they're okay with it um and a lot and then we also kind of um i don't know how to do this but uh profile i guess is the word we use but we go to academies we look at other christian academies so things that are similar but not necessarily sda um so they are kind of i've already had an experience in that kind of environment um, but uh, other than that, like I said, just being really honest and direct about our lifestyle and what we what we expect and um, letting them know that there are consequences if you can't live that way.
0: What what hurdles prevent us from signing more Adventist players?
1: Um,
0: and of, but, of course, I'm not talking about Walla Walla specifically. I'm talking about well, Adventist college basketball in general.
1: I think it's uh, it's it's changing. Um, which I'm happy about. I wish it was more like this when when we were playing, but uh, it's just a development. Uh, seeing that that a lot of us are are, are actual athletes, meaning a- athletes at heart, we want we want to do this. Um, we 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 care about it. It's it's something that um, it's okay to develop because we we know from the SDA perspective, competition isn't something that we do per se. And I think that the the open mindedness of the current generation of leaders, um, given 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 the portion of the community that that exists that we 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 want to be athletes, that's that's where we have our gifts. That's where um, we're going to develop as individuals. And I think that uh, more people are seeing that as as a positive than than a potential negative. So mm. I think as we go, um, just. Continuing to develop, continuing to have things like this, where we're where we're starting to communicate with our our community and our athletes, and letting them know that hey, when we exist, we we want you to be here. But there is a level of play that you have to be able to to perform at, and it's 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 still the same, right? There's you know we're not always playing other Adventist schools, and not not to knock us, but you know there's a world, there's a big basketball world out there, and we have to be ready to play. And so uh, it's just that, just the development more than anything. um, They're just not ready to play. And so they play their lot, but sometimes you just don't have the skill level to be at this level.
0: Along those lines, what advice do you have, you know, for young players as they're potentially making uh, that leap up to the college level?
1: Work. (laughs) I mean, it's all the same message. Uh, It's just not really too different. Uh, Work on your body, work on your conditioning, and work on your skills um play a lot uh I would say before you get here um you know train train a lot more than you have been I think um I think right now we're in a a training heavy side of things I think the pendulum is swollen completely the other way so for now now opposite of what they would tell us 10 10 I guess when I were 20 years ago geez um (laughs) to train more I I would tell these young players to play more Mm -hmm. put put these things that you're training into an action and that way in these in these 50 rec ball games, you could play a day between two o'clock and six o'clock, you know, you can run into these situ- same situations. When do I use a jump stop? When when should I use a euro? How do I come off these screens? Put yourself in these situations live, even against bad defense, you'll, you will get ideas. Oh, I should have done this. Oh, I see now why coach is telling me I need to sh- stretch it. Now I understand what stretching a screen is or why I need to curl this screen or. All those little nuances, you can rep them out, but it's a controlled environment. Everything is perfect in a training situation. In a game, it's not. So play. Get out there and play. Call your friends. Go to a new gym. Go to the other side of town. Play against some strangers, right? Get roughed up by an old man. Like, you know, the things that we used to do. Play 40-year-olds. Get beat up. Learn how to post up. Learn how to deal with somebody who doesn't play. Um, I would, I, if you have the opportunity, play high-level women. Um, they don't go for anything. They don't bite on any of the fakes that guys bite on. Mm. They play defense differently. Learn how to play against any and everybody. Just get out there and play. Again, don't neglect your training, but play. You got to play.
0: That's great advice. I mean, you have to have the skills to be able to compete. And yet, when you're playing, you can't replicate – in training, you can't replicate reaction. You know, I mean, when there's – uh something that happens, you have to react without thinking. If you haven't been in that situation before, then you're not gonna even know what skill to uh, to use, you know, when it comes up. So that's great advice. I, yeah. I do think the kids play less today. Just whatever reason, video games, social media, phones, like they they get a lot of interaction, you know, from other means, whereas like we had to go out and just play, go, go find friends and play. So um, yeah. That is something that I think is is missing.
1: I will say this for all us, all us old guys, right? Well, I guess we're younger, older guys. Just remember video games were different for them, right? So I think everybody needs to understand that. Um, and that kind of can help you start down the path of understanding this generation. We grew up in a time where online play was becoming a thing, right? We always needed our friends. We always had to be together. You needed someone there or you just played the computer. They can play a stranger against a human being at any time of day. They never have to leave the house. So, yes, they do play less because life is inside. Yeah. So once you kind of get wrap your mind around that, you kind of get to understand them a little more and you can develop them a little differently. So just, you know, as we go, just think that the world was different when they were kids, right? think post-2008, post, post 2008, this, we're kind of in that era where now I, we're recruiting people in the year that we graduated high school. So mm-hmm. just remember that as you're dealing with the new guys yeah
0: are you any good at 2k
1: not anymore i <laughs> I, I, gave <laughs> I gave it i tried to play at 22 or 21 um once i had to actually figure out how to make layups i was like are oh, you taking this video game so far. <laughs> uh oh, i can't do it anymore
0: are you still able to play a little bit
1: yeah, yeah. I try to get out there. I'm actually trying to get a little more serious about it again, to, to keep my sanity. Um <laughs> but uh yeah, I I can get it off. I can get up and down a little bit.
0: What position did you play in college?
1: I played the three and the four, mostly four. Um yeah. So that's uh it's my spot. I like being a I still love being the four. It's kind of my favorite spot on the floor. Um, so yeah, played the four. Let's talk a little strategy for Walla
0: Walla this year. I mean, with having Soren in the post, uh, what kind of sets are you going to be running to get him the ball, to get, you know, Andrew open looks? What, what are you looking at running?
1: Um, it's more of an open concept. I mean, obviously we're going to do some of the same things we've been doing. We've been uh, working with the triangle over the last few years. Um, we're probably keeping some of those concepts, but we're not going to stick solely to it anymore opening up the floor a little bit um, with some with some dribble drive actions and Princeton actions. So it's it's more of a dribble drive base this year with, um, like I said, some post action out of the triangle and, and Princeton. And then uh, some of the high post things kind of pulling him up or, or spreading the floor for him so that um, – and we have some off-ball stuff for Andrew as well. Is the trying triangle... to get too much, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's... yeah.
0: Is the triangle something that you – had run before you got to walla Walla or
1: it was something I always wanted to run um, and I didn't have the po I, I, I didn't have the post player for it um I know the triangle can get be run for anybody particularly but most of the time you need a guy who can operate with his back to the basket I mean no matter how you slice it whether it's shaq Kobe or, or Jordan you kind of need somebody who can who can take that that post side and or the open side and 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 give somebody the business. So um with Keandra we ran the triangle a lot. We had some once we kind of grasped it, we had some really good success with it. Um and then we kept trying to run it opposite with with highlighting a guard, but you like I said, you still need to be able to work that mid post and that elbow. Um so it's it's not as conducive without a, a an assassin in that spot. Mm-hmm. So opening up the floor and even having someone back we could have stuck with it but then it also kind of limits everyone else and so having the amount of shooters that we have this year we decided to spread it out um and give give our our more dribble heavy guys some opportunity in there that gives us a more dynamic approach
0: are you finding that uh in conference you're matching up physically decently with these other teams or are you trying to get a little more movement to get easier baskets, you know, so they, the def, defense can't just sit back and, and uh, be ready.
1: Yeah. I think we matched up physically pretty well. I think it's just comes down to execution. Um, so now, yeah, we're trying to get a little more movement to get the guys that, so the triangle really is a, is a IQ and skill based offense, right? So it's a lot of things that don't actually happen within the flow. It's kind of, once you catch it, if you can't shoot, then you kind of have to create the next option. Uh, with now creating a little more uh, with, with a little more motion, we can eliminate some of the guy's deficiencies. Can catch the ball on the move, so you're not really having to face uh, a set defender or having to read a closeout. Um, so it's just that really, um, just to create some motion and 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 pull defenses, you know, side to side, obviously, and create those windows. So, we want to beat them more with the pass um and then, like I say, given the guys who aren't great passers but are um dynamic drivers to give them those lanes that that really don't exist in the triangle and I think most of your
0: opponents are playing man
1: yes, um yeah, most of the league plays man except uh the 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 number one team in the country, mm. which is uh college of idaho they they they're a two threes team they're they they play zone almost exclusively um Kobe's done a great job of disguise, well, not disguising it, but uh, expanding his zone. He he does a lot of great things with it. Um, so he's been dominating our league and um uh, he's still the he's still the target for us all. Uh the, the the Yotes up there and uh, you know, as they know we're all coming for him. <laughs> So that's what we're looking for. So
0: do you uh do you have a zone offense you run for against them or?
1: Yeah, um it's pretty much a basic zone. We have some sets for it. Um we have a great motion out of it. Um, you know, one three one kind of thing. And you know, we go through the motion and then we run some sets through it. Um it's just you only see zone twice a year. So it's it's one of those things that kind of catch you off. Well, it doesn't catch you off guard, but you don't you don't run it every, every every day. You're not preparing for it all the time. So um it's just one of those things now this year we're like, hey, we need to start early, really working on our zone things and being prepared. To be comfortable in that, um, that, that's just one thing that comes back to haunt you every time you play them, is just that uh, you only see zone twice, you know, and, and, and sporadically here and there from other teams just to kind of mix it up in the middle of a game to to stop a run or or to start a run or just change the momentum. So um, it's one of those. All deals. right,
0: well, January five, two thousand twenty-four. We're gonna be watching. Oh yeah, what's it gonna take to beat them?
1: A lot. Um, you have to take care of the ball there. For, for a zone team, they're really good at, at creating turnovers. Um, they rebound them. They rebound. You you really have to either make shots or, or manufacture second chance shots, and you got to keep them off the glass. Um, they are they are aggressive uh, with I think two some most of the time two but two or three crashing, and um, they're relentless. Uh, that's just how it is. They're relentless and they're disciplined. They don't they don't come out of it. Um, rarely ever come out of that zone, um, and they they. They're methodical they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna run their stuff no matter what they will take a quick shot on one play if they find the right guy and they will take a shot with 0.5 left on the clock in, the, in a possession you know kind of deal they they will get what they want so it's just you have to weather the storm mentally with them you have to play the entire 40 minutes um and, and put together one of your best games to beat them to be honest. All
0: right, well, we're going to be pulling for you on January 5th there in Idaho. Um, looking at the schedule here, it made me remember my conversation with Tony Nakashima, the uh, women's coach at Walla Walla, and he mentioned that they're never usually around for the academy basketball tournament. Are you guys there, or are you also gone normally?
1: No, um, I think it's just a scheduling thing. So I, every year that, that tournament is scheduled while we're on the road. Um, so unfortunately, we get to miss we miss most of uh, the friendship tournament unless uh, we have like Eastern Oregon, which is normally that trip, unless we're at Eastern Oregon down that first game. So we'll be there Thursday to see the first couple games. And then after that, we're gone for the weekend. So I think it's just how the, how it works with the gym availability, you know, still only having one facility. It's uh, you know, it's just hard to make it all work, but we wish we were there. There was a, I know last year was a good one and the year before that I heard it was a really, really good one. And so it's just, a, it's just it's just i think tough you guys got
0: to figure out a way to so that you guys can stay there just oh, in yeah. the interest of like recruiting administ players and making sure they have looks you know from the college
1: yeah absolutely um it's something we've been working on it's something we've been talking to um admin is very very uh open to it as so uh mes because that's not our tournament so it's a school thing so They've been really, really open to it, and just trying to figure out the scheduling. Um, Because the hardest part is, you know, these are high school players. Um, They've already missed what three days of school coming because they travel Wednesday, they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, um, and they're trying to leave on Sunday. So, kind of adding us in with our actual conference games because we'd have to have them. um, It would kind of push their tournament to late Sunday, and then you're coming home Monday. Yeah, so that ends up being three or four days of school, which is which is hard. It's a hard sell to all all the academies for sure just to yeah. to have us there so um but there's been a lot of talks and a lot of different ideas so it's just you know once they iron out the logistics i'm hoping in the next couple of years we can be there and all and all be there and enjoy it it's not a huge deal but i
0: just think that uh, a lot of our uh adventist players maybe get looked over you know at some of these tournaments uh where they could be getting some uh they could be getting some looks from our colleges. It'd be nice if we were able to actually have multiple colleges go. I know that's kind of a touchy thing, but uh, having multiple multiple college coaches at one place, at, a, at one tournament. I think someone said that Southwestern invites any college coach to come, which is which is gracious of them. Um, but uh, I've never been to that tournament. Have you? I guess you, you were in Texas, right? Did you go to that I one?
1: I grew up in Texas. I, I guess I went to public school by the no, time. that's right. Uh, I went to public school for high school. So back then I didn't know much about it. Um, I would hear about it and I was like, oh, OK, you know, but kind of the same thing where you you kind of disregarded your own thing. You know, I, I was at an academy before that. So I was like, well, what academies are, are going there? I don't What What is this tournament about? Like, I didn't know yeah. anything. Um, and that was back when, again, you didn't know much about the other academies. I only knew about Pine Forge. I didn't know about Tacoma growing up. I didn't know about, you um, Ozark and all the other, I didn't know Sacramento, I mean, I grew up in California, I didn't even know Sacramento Academy existed growing up there, I went to LA Academy. So all of those things that um, have grown over the last 20 years have been great. So I think that, um, yeah, I would love to be at a lot of these tournaments. And I know there are a lot of people trying to put these things together, such as yourself and, um, you know, SwayU and doing their thing and and inviting us out. So it's just as we grow all of our programs and and getting the budgets together so that we can travel. and and be present and really get our athletes in our schools. I think that would be great because at the end of the day, we we put out great athletes. We always have. Um, And uh, it'd be nice to have them in at our our schools, especially I think, what is it? Five or six of us now, five out of the eight schools in the country right now, I believe are in the NAI. Yes. Five out of eight. uh, There's nine Adventist
0: schools. If you count Southern, which doesn't have an athletic program, but yes, five. uh, Walla Walla, La Sierra, PUC, um uh, Oakwood and
1: WAU are all NAIA. So you're right. Really it'd great. It'd be it'd be lovely to have, you know, each one of us, you know, half of our roster at least, you know, Adventist yeah. kids you know, that'd be that's exactly what we want. Right you know,
0: what you said just just now is so true. And it's kind of one of the reasons that I even started Adventist Hoops. We have some really great players. We have some really great athletes. And we have some great teams that have accomplished a lot of great things and just wanted people to know about that, you know? So um, I think that is one thing that I wonder, man, how can we get all of these Adventist kids, if they want to play, there's, some, there's somewhere they can play. You know, I, I have no, if they really want to play, you could play at an Adventist school, you know, as long as you have a certain level of skill, Um but people just don't know that these schools exist or these schools don't know that the kids exist. So trying to, you know, spread the word both directions. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do.
1: I appreciate it. That's why when you when you reached out, i was like, yeah, of course. Right. Like, we we do need to get connected. I mean, it's just something that needs to happen. Um because like, most of us don't know until we get to college, like when you got to PUC yeah. or when I got to Oakland. Yeah. Like, all these dudes are adventures, like most of them, and they can play like this. Where where'd you go to school? Where have you been? you know did you guys ever
0: have the conversations like hey should we have just a a byu adventist university where we just get it's an all-star team of adventist uh players and we all we just form like a mega team because we always used to have those conversations like hey what if we got these few guys from la sierra these guys from oakwood these guys from walla walla everybody and we we just have one team like how 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 what level could we compete
1: if we got all the best players? And like you can pick an era, we can compete with anybody. Um,
0: do you think that we could we could have a NCAA Division One team that's competitive?
1: Easily, easily. That's not even. I mean, it, minimum mid major. Easily, we
0: create yeah. an online school and have all these guys go to the Adventist <laughs> online school, and then field a NCAA Division One team.
1: I think we. I do. I mean. Think about. I mean, like I said, in in, the, in our championship year, we had our collection of guys. We we beat Alabama A and M for the first time, right? Um, and I think I, subsequent teams after that beat them. So Hold that's a they're
0: one. Alabama A and M. Are they Division Two?
1: Division One. They're Division One SWAC team, right? So okay, we beat them this, in 0, 07.
0: I was under the impression that um, Washington Adventist University beat two NCAA. Division one schools in like 2017, 18, something like that. And that they were the first Adventist school to beat a Division one.
1: So maybe that's... an accountable, maybe an accountable game. Uh, we definitely won in 07 against Alabama A&M, but that okay. was a sufficient game. So, okay. Count, and your that.
0: championship was in, um, uh, I always get it wrong, U- USCAA?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know if we were the first. I've been to school to win a national championship, I believe we were. I think so, because uh, WAU won in 2014. 14, right. We won in 8, 12, 16, and 18, I believe.
0: If if somebody else knows about uh, another school that won, you know, earlier, because I know the Walla Walla was in that league for quite a while. <laughs> I'm trying to, I, I, I think PUC may have been the first NAIA school. La Sierra was uh, NCAA Division three at one point two. I need to do some digging on the history of uh, you know what program went you know NCAA or NAIA first, but um, I don't know if PUC was ever USCAA as well. But anyway,
1: I don't think you were. But I also don't want to leave out the Andrews. They won a national championship in the USCAA as well. I oh, think they did those at the Division two level in that in that con- in that league as well. So, do you remember what year that was? Uh, maybe oh nine. Okay like the year after. That was a us, good that was a good run think.
0: there like 0- 08 to 2014 with WAU winning. Um
1: we were like all over that, so that's what I mean about us, right? And it I think it's what prompted everybody to move to the NAIA. We most of our schedules were full of NAIA teams. Um and we were dominating. I mean, at the end of the day, we like I said, we won 4, why you won 1, uh I believe Andrews won 1 or 2 at, at, at during that during that stretch between 10. So, I mean, if you want to talk about the best teams in the 2010, so 10 to 20, it's Adventist schools. We dominated the USCA. Mm. At the end of the day, we, like I said, Oakwood won four, Washington won one, Andrews won one or two. So, you know, that's mm. how it goes. So, I mean, um, it's a so when we say, can we put it together a team if we had one school to put all our best players in? could we be Division One easily? Mm. Easily, no, no question about it.
0: It's kind of exciting to think about. Very much. So I don't remember what I was gonna say, but that's that's interesting. I never really thought about that before as far as like what could we do that right now? But anyway. <laughs> well, hey Brandon, I really appreciate your time and for jumping on the podcast here. It's good to get to know you a little bit and uh you know, if anyone is interested in uh, playing college basketball in Washington State, you know, here's a here's a guy that you can talk to and he can uh, tell you what it's like. And uh, um, yeah, uh, make sure to, you know, reach out and. would love to see more of our players playing at our school. So Brandon is a great coach to, to play for.
1: Yeah, I hope so. You can you know, you can ask the guys. <laughs> but, uh, um, so, yeah, reach out to us on our recruit me page. It's uh uwolves.com. it's dot our, our athletics page. Um, or you can email me directly at brandon.broom at wallawalla.edu. Look forward to seeing your tapes.
0: And that's broom with an E on the end.
1: That is broom so. like sleeping with an E at the end.
0: <laughs> um, man, I feel like I was going to ask something else about uh, the national championship teams, but can't remember. We'll have to save it for uh, the next one that we do. All right. So, Brandon, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck throughout the rest of the season. We're rooting for you. And thanks for everything that you do for Adventist Basketball.
1: I appreciate you. Thanks for having me, Dustin. Have a good one.